Morning, Qatar, and welcome to Behind the Light with me, Seb. And me, Jano. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the lands where you're coming from, the Gagal people of the Euron Nation. Now, on to another busy sporting weekend, Jono, in football. It was week 31 of the English Premier League, and Liverpool and Manchester City continued their tussle at the top of the table after both won 2 0, while Chelsea suffered a surprising 4 1 loss to Brentford. Yep. Also, uh, Christian Eriksen got on the score sheet again, uh, continuing his remarkable comeback after the Euros. While Manchester United dropped more points in their pursuit for fourth after a one-all draw with Leicester. Um, So, John, some interesting results, especially at the top of the table. And as well, Everton losing to West Ham 2-1. They are really in a relegation battle. Yeah, Everton definitely struggling as of late. Um, And then as well, like you said, a big, big result there at Chelsea. Um, and then it's, it's good to kind of see Liverpool and Man City because it just kind of builds up to their uh, epic clash coming up. Um, so good to see them take care of business as well. Also in England, it was the EFL Trophy Final. So Rotherham United defeated Sutton United 4-2. Uh, a bit of a shout-out to Australian Dean Butsanis, who was in goals for Sutton United, but unfortunately couldn't win it there. In a bit of a world wrap in Spain, Real Madrid won a controversial game against Celta Vigo 2-1, where Real Madrid were awarded three penalties. Yep. And while Atletico Madrid continued their good recent form with a 4-1 win over Deportiva Alavas, and Barcelona defeated Sevilla 1-0, a magic Pedri goal to win it there, to move into second. So Xavi doing wonders there in Barcelona. In Italy, Inter Milan won the Derby d'Italia. Uh, 1-0 against Juventus. John, it was a tight game, but a penalty was good enough for Inter. While Napoli defeated Atalanta 3-1 to to continue their title push. In Germany, RB Leipzig destroyed Borussia Dortmund 4-1, while Bayern Munich defeated Freiburg 4-1 to extend their lead at the top to 9 points. While in Scotland, Ange Postacoglu Celtic defeated Rangers 2-1 in the old firm derby to go 6 points ahead with 6 games to go in Scotland. So, John, Ange looking like he might deliver the title for Celtic in his first season. Oh, he just does it again for the Australian audience. Also, a little bit of sad news. Current Holland manager, Lewis Van Gaal, has announced he's battling prostate cancer. So we Mm. wish him all the best in his battle against that, and hopefully uh, he comes through uh, his battle with prostate cancer. Isuzu A-League here in Australia. Melbourne City destroyed Wellington 6-0. Western United and Central Coast drew 2-2. Melbourne Victory defeated Adelaide United 1-0. Sydney FC defeated Western Sydney Wanderers 3-2 and entertaining Sydney Derby, yep. while Brisbane Roar defeated Newcastle 2-0, and MacArthur had a good comeback win over Perth Glory 4-2. Melbourne City stayed top, followed by Western United and MacArthur. FA Women's Super League over in England. Manchester City defeated West Ham 2-0. Manchester United defeated Brighton 1-0. Arsenal had a big win over Leicester City 5-0, while Chelsea also continued their recent uh, strong scoring form, defeating Reading 5-0. So Chelsea sit top, followed by Arsenal and Manchester United. NRL, and it was round four, was headlined by the grand final rematch between Penrith and South Sydney. And Penrith proved a little bit too good for South Sydney, winning 26 points to 12 to stay undefeated. Uh, While both the Sydney Roosters, Johnny, you'll be happy with this one, and Melbourne chalked up big wins over the North Queensland Cowboys and Bulldogs, respectively. While my Manly, led by Daly Cherry Evans, had a good win over Canberra um, in Mudgee. So Penrith remained top, followed by Melbourne and Parramatta. It was women's NRL semi-finals over the weekend, and the Dragons defeated the Gold Coast 24-18, while the Sydney Roosters defeated the Brisbane Broncos 22-16. So the grand final next weekend will be St. George versus the Sydney Roosters. AFL, round three saw some massive matchups as well as the Western Bulldogs recorded their first win over the of the year over the Sydney Swans 71 to 60, 
while Adelaide defeated Port Adelaide in the derby at 96-92. Geelong recorded a big comeback win over Collingwood, 104-91, while Carlton remained undefeated as they defeated Hawthorne, uh, 74-73. So Brisbane Lions sit top, followed by Melbourne and Carlton. It was also women's AFL preliminary final weekend. Melbourne defeated Brisbane 33-29, while Adelaide defeated Fremantle 40-26. So Melbourne versus Fremantle in the AFL women's grand final. Cricket, Women's Cricket World Cup, and Australia won their seventh one-day international title as they defeated England by 71 runs uh, over in New Zealand. Australia made a massive 5 for 356, led by Alyssa Healy's amazing 170. It is the highest ever score, male or female, in a World Cup final. So overtaking Adam Gilchrist's previous mark of 149. England, they uh, they tried to get there, but they eventually were bowled out for 289. Nat Shiva played a lone hand with 148 not out, but an amazing achievement by the Australian women's cricket team, and great to see them win their seventh ODI title. It was also the third one-day one international between Pakistan and Australia over in Pakistan. And Pakistan ended up winning the ODI series 2-1 after winning the third one-day international by nine wickets. Australia struggled in their batting. They were bowled out for 210. Alex Carey uh, made 56, while Pakistan did easily, making one for 214. Imam Ul-Haq made 89 not out, while Captain Baba Azam made 105 not out. It was also the Sheffield Shield final over the weekend between Western Australia and Victoria here in Australia. And Western Australia snapped a 23-year drought as they claimed the Sheffield Shield title. The game ended in a draw, with Western Australia only needing a draw to win the final after, after their first innings bonus point advantage. Rugby, Super Rugby Pacific, the Waratahs defeated the Fiji and drew a 38-14, while the Queensland Reds defeated the ACT Brummies in the top-of-the-table clash 21 points to 7, the Brummies' first loss of the year. Uh, the Brumbies do stay top, followed by the Reds and the Crusaders. Basketball, Jono, NBA. And who would have predicted at the beginning of the year the Brooklyn Nets would be 10th in the East and the LA Lakers 11th in the West? Amazing over in the NBA. Yeah, um, I, I, it's, it's definitely a sight to be seen. Um, you would have never said that going into the year. I mean, Brooklyn's still going to be able to make at least the play-in um, tournaments, so essentially still has their eye on the playoffs. Whereas the Lakers are in real danger right now. They're two games Another behind. Another loss today. Yep, two games behind San Antonio. And now the fact is, is it's it's not really in the Lakers' hands. It's in the hands of the other teams because they're playing the Suns, they're playing the Warriors, they're playing the Nuggets coming up. And it just really depends on if those teams rest their players or not. Because if those teams come to play full strength, I don't see them getting a win. The only team, the Suns, have already their spot locked up. Whereas the Warriors and the Nuggets, they're still battling for positioning. So their game against the Lakers could be crucial for them, just as crucial it is for the Lakers. So they're in some real, real trouble. You know what? Injuries, COVID aside, I don't think it's a good enough excuse to really say that they should be out of the playoffs. They should still be at least the middle of the pack um, for the Western Conference. So this is just really disappointing. And I think, you know, if you look at LeBron's legacy as essentially as we call him GM LeBron sometimes, this is another blow to his legacy in that side. Not what he does on the court, not what he does outside the court, but in terms of his ability to bring in players, it seems that he always, you know, in, in most cases, um, more so than not, than not, he brings in the wrong type of players sometimes and tries to make these super teams too much where it really only worked out in Miami for those couple seasons. Um, so... I don't know. I, I really don't know if we're going to be seeing the Lakers in the playoffs or not. I know. The massive storyline uh, 
in the NBA there. And also over the weekend, Johnny, college basketball took center stage. It was Coach K's final game in charge of Duke. And unfortunately, they went down to North Carolina in their final four game, but uh, still an amazing legacy he's leaving behind. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's it's just kind of UNC, so North Carolina versus Duke is probably the biggest rivalry in college sports um, that, that you have, um, in particular in basketball as well. So for him to essentially have this final game against them is just, is just something, a bit of history there um, as well. And then even on the women's side as well for the for the uh, for the NCAA Division One tournament, South Carolina took it home again against um, against a, a, a huge rival as well on their side. But um, massive results both in men's and women's. Um, it's sad to see Coach K stepping away from the game though. But yeah, an amazing legacy uh, left behind by Coach K. Quickly in the NBL here in Australia, the Sydney Kings continued their great recent run. So 10 wins in a row. They defeated the Jack Jumpers 103 to 83. The Taipans defeated the SEM Phoenix 90 to 85. While the Hawks defeated Melbourne United 96 to 90. So Melbourne United stayed top, just on percentage though, followed by the Sydney Kings and the Hawks. Well, Jono, end of last week, um, a massive draw took place. Qatar 2022 for the FIFA World Cup, which we know is happening at the end of this year. For all the controversy that's surrounding this World Cup and the concerns going into it, um, there is still an excitement bubbling around, especially once the draw is done. Um, we'll go through each of the groups and sort of take a little bit of a deeper dive into into some of the groups. But uh, Group A saw host Qatar. So obviously some of these teams were seeded. Qatar was seeded as a host nation. Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. Jono, if you're the Dutch, you'd be pretty happy with that draw. And obviously, uh, Senegal will prove a tough team and Ecuador always competitive. Yeah, I mean, um, if, if you're the Netherlands there, you, you, you're very happy at this point. Um, that's, the, that's the group probably everybody wanted to get in just because it takes away from at least one of the heavyweights, realistically. Um, but, you know, Senegal and Ecuador in particular are, are not teams to be sleeping on. Um, I don't want to say I'm writing off Qatar right away, but I'm probably going to write them off right away. Um, but um, but both, Ec- I mean, Ecuador will always give a bit of a fight, but Senegal is that team to watch out for, you know. Really, I think it should be pretty comfortable for both those two teams, Senegal and the Netherlands, but it's just going to be dependent when they play against each other. That's going to be the game as who goes one, who goes two. So I think both teams should be happy with this draw. And the strange thing about this World Cup is it's, in November, so usually we'd only be a couple of months yeah. away from it. So a lot can change, obviously yep. injuries, form and whatnot. But uh, I agree, John. I think if you're the Dutch, and, and I think a lot of people are hoping Senegal do have a deep run, especially for African football, because they do have a strong team on paper. Um, you'd be happy with that draw. So in terms of qualifying out of that group, John, I know it's an early call at this stage, but are you saying the Dutch and Senegal would be yours? Yeah, definitely. It, not not. To, I don't know the order, but it's definitely got to be those two. All right, Group B, John, I guess this is the one where you've got a bit of self-interest as well. England, Iran, USA, and then the last European playoff. So it could be Wales, Ukraine, or Scotland. What do you make of the group for the US, firstly? Look, I think from a US perspective, um, you should be happy. Um, You know, there's definitely, it could have been been, uh, harder, let's put it that way. I know there's a bit of unknown as well with that playoff. Um, and there's definitely some great teams in there. I mean, you're potentially playing um, Wales, who we can see the type of Gareth Bale that shows up for that. You're playing Scotland, who when Scotland's in a group with England, they're always going to play that much better. Or potentially Ukraine as well, who you know everybody in this world is going to be backing at this point. Um, but in terms of the heavyweight to get, I'm actually pretty happy getting England. Um, I think that 
England's times when it comes to the World Cup can be up and down. So especially in the group stage as well. So if there's any team, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Especially, um, I know he plays well, or at least let's say better for England than he does for his club team. But I think that United States could potentially exploit Harry Maguire in the back as well. Um, so uh, look, I'd be happy right now. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's done deal or anything, but in comparison to some of the other teams you could have been playing, it, it, it's all right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sad about this. That England US game also will occur a day after Thanksgiving, and there's yep. predictions it could be one of the biggest viewership games in the US history. Yep. Uh, so massive there. So, John, I'm predicting you you think the U.S. can get through that group maybe with England? Yeah, I would say them in England. Um, or at least I'd hope so because the, the potential in their squad, they should definitely be getting out of that group. But you're right. If, if Wales or Scotland get in, that will create oh. a massive rivalry too with the English. So, it could be some huge games in Group B. Group C, John, and Argentina, who are, who are being tipped as possibly a winner of this World Cup, they're going to be with Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. And I think if you're Argentina and Lionel Messi, you'd be pretty happy with this group as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think the, the biggest one is, is even though Poland has, you know, the name of Lewandowski on their squad, I think overall the, the team that you'd have the most concern over is Mexico. Um, I think just based off the overall quality of players, maybe not necessarily they don't have the standouts that they used to have in the history of, of um, the Mexican national team, but as a team, they're still quite good. Um, whereas Poland definitely relies on the one or two um, players. They, they have a great squad, but they re- heavily rely as well for goal scoring. Um, but Argentina should be happy with this. Um, they should, based on how they're playing right now with their current form, they should be able to easily move past as well. The yeah, Argentina under Solari really built a solid base. They've got a, a really hardworking midfield uh, that supports, obviously, Messi, Di Maria, and, and the creative players up top. And defensively, they've got a lot stronger. We mm. saw that in the Copper America when they won it. Um, but I think they'd be happy with that draw. I think Poland were lucky to get through against Sweden. The Swedes yeah. had their chances but yeah. couldn't finish them off. For me, I think Argentina and Mexico will get through this group. Do you agree, Jono? Yeah, I would say so. Mexico always does great in group stages, and then it comes to the next stage, and then not so much. So they'll get through. Well, Group D, this is where Australia could have a real big interest because if we do get through our uh, Asian playoff and then get through um, the South American playoff, uh, this is the group we'll be in. So France, Denmark, and Tunisia. Um, France is stacked, John, as we know, but the Danes, um, they're a dangerous team and, and one of those dangerous floaters, I think, especially with the return of Ericsson. If he yeah. continues his great form, he's a quality player to bring back into that squad. Yeah, this is a, definitely a hard group. And I, I would say that probably more so than anybody, the name that nobody wanted to be paired with was France. I mean, the quality that they have, the depth of squad, they probably have the deepest squad. Um, you know, there's other teams that can go hand in hand with the starting eleven, but in terms of the depth, um, so it doesn't matter if they're you know, you know, resting some players, they're still going to have quality. So it's going to be a tough, tough group. And as you said, Denmark as well is, is a great team, and and I I will never write off some of those smaller nations as well to do some big upsets as well. So Tunisia can still, and of course, as you said, you know, maybe Australia could, could could be popping in there as well. So we never know. Possibly, but uh, I think France will also want to come back from that really disappointing yeah. European Euros where they where they crashed out. And the Danes had a really good tournament there where they were unlucky not to make the final in the end. They really did push England. Um, so I think that's going to be a very competitive group, but I see France and Denmark coming through. Even though I, if Australia do get there, I'd love them to get through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the French and Danes, I think, will have a bit too much quality. Yep. Group E, John, and we could have a huge... Uh, Heavyweight battle early on. We've got Spain 
And then the other playoff, which is going to come from North America uh, and New Zealand. So I think it's Costa Rica versus New Zealand in that playoff. And we'll see the winner, obviously, come into this group. Germany and Japan. An interesting group here. And Spain will play on Germany very early on. Yeah, I mean, um, nobody probably from, let's say, pot one wanted to be paired with Germany. Um, so it's it's going to just be a bit of a challenge now for Spain. I think Spain has really revamped their, their national team and have quality as well. Um, very similar to that quality that we saw when they went went ahead and win and won the World Cup. Um, but I really, you know, Germany still have a lot to prove. And I think that, you know, potentially uh, they're, they're looking dangerous again. Um, they have some really good quality players as well. Um, so I'm really hoping we see the old Germany and they come out because uh, I think they could really shake up this World Cup and do not sleep on Japan either. I mean, everybody in Australia really knows that as well from qualification. But I think Japan can make some noise as well. Yeah, I think Germany are certainly primed to do something at this World Cup. I think defensively is probably the only question marks around Germany and who's going to line up in that back four. But they've certainly got a lot of creative yeah. players through the midfield and up front. Um, the likes of Kai Havertz, Leroy Sane, who have been playing really well at club level. So I think Germany are dangerous. I think Spain, what Luis Enrique has done and how he's transformed that team, obviously the young talents of Pedri, mm. especially in that midfield, have really revitalized the Spanish who for a few years after that golden generation fell into a bit of a lull and obviously were struggling to, to revamp. Um, but I agree. I think Japan, on their day, they can challenge anyone. They've got some quality footballers. We've seen quality footballers playing in some of the top leagues. Uh, but... It's hard to go past Spain and Germany coming out of this group in Group E. Group F, Jono, and Belgium, who always seem to get to every major tournament at the moment, always talked of as potential winners, but they haven't been able to quite get there. They're going to be with Canada, who obviously in their first World Cup since 1986. Morocco and Croatia. Croatia always seem to lift at these major tournaments as well. I think that this is a huge group. I think this is one of the hardest groups, um, just in terms of competition. Um, I am not going to jump on the Belgian bandwagon and say that up, yep, they're one of the favorites just because they have been disappointing um, in these big major tournaments. But Canada um, is a great team right now. I mean, they were one of the highest scoring teams um, in qualification. They did it easily in North America. And did it very, very easy. Morocco is not going to be easy as well. Um, They seem to be a team that always keeps coming up as well in terms of traveling to these World Cups. And then Croatia, we know what they're about as well. So I don't think Belgium has an easy, as easy as time as you first think when you look at the group. I think it's definitely going to be one of the most challenging groups and most even groups that we have here in this World Cup. And the concern I have for Belgium is they're going into this World Cup without a fit Eden Hazard. Even if he is on that plane, he has not played at all. He's, he's pulled up with another injury. Yep. He's hardly played for Madrid. In those previous tournaments, we've had Eden Hazard at his best, and he is still a game-turner in that Belgian team, even though you've got your likes of De Bruyne yeah. and Lukaku. But we've seen Lukaku struggling for game time with Chelsea. So how some of those big hitters for Belgium are going to go into this tournament will be interesting. And yeah. also, there are still question marks over that defence. They haven't been able to revitalise that defence. They're still dependent on players like Vertonghen, yeah. um, who yeah. are coming to the end of their career. So we need to see what Martinez can do with this club, or with this team, because... Um, they are coming, I guess, to the end of that golden generation and, and there's not probably that much time left for them to win something um, as this collective. Group G, Jono, and this brings the favourite at this stage, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland and Cameroon. I think as a Brazilian fan, again, you'd be pretty happy with this group. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you got to be a bit happy with this group. Um, you know, look, there's consistent teams there. Serbia is not going to be easy. Switzerland's not going to be easy. And Cameroon as well. Um, always a bit of a fan favorite too. What um, amazing qualification to beat Algeria in that. Yeah. Quite amazing game. Exactly. So not going to be easy. But in terms of who you potentially could have been matched up with, Brazil has to be very, very happy. Um, and, I mean, they're favorite for, for rightfully so. I mean, they're a great, great team. And if Neymar is firing, when he puts on that Brazil shirt, he's a different sometimes, player sometimes. Yeah, sometimes he is absolutely magical. Um, so I think they realistically should have an easy, easy path. Now, who's going to come out second with them? I think it's it's up for grabs. It could be any of those teams there. I actually think Serbia mm. would be. Vlavic up Vlavic, front. Yeah, They've yeah, got yeah. some... Mitrovic is having an amazing time yep. with Fulham in the championship. I actually, And we saw Serbia defeat Portugal to get that automatic... Yeah, yeah. Uh, qualification. They're a tough team. Tough team. I actually think Serbia uh, will be the ones that go through with Brazil. As I said, we are talking quite early out. I'm sure we'll we'll revisit this closer to the World Cup uh, in the beginning. But uh, Serbia are looking like they will not be a team teams will want to cup up against. Yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, be happy if you're a Brazilian fan. Group H. Sorry, guys. Siri just decided to get in there as well. (laughs) Group H. And this is the one I actually think could look the most tough, Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, and Korea Republic. I think this is a tricky group in Group H. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that this is tricky just because you have the team that's essentially supposed to be the highest ranking in Portugal that we know are inconsistent at times. So that just means you don't know what you're going to get with the Portugal team. You have Uruguay, who, of course, is a decent decent side on its own. Um, Ghana, who, you know, being a United States national team fan as well, you know how hard it is to get past Ghana. They they perform at these World Cups. And South Korea is a pretty good team as well. So you have... We've got Sun, who's on fire for yes. them. So they've got some strike power, Korea. you got a pretty even bunch here. So, yeah, it's definitely a bit up for grabs as to who's going to out-and-out go through. Um, because I think some of these games could really go any which way. But... Um, yeah, it's just because um, it's it's because that's struggling Portugal form right now. I think it really comes down to that. And Uruguay, they look gone halfway through South yeah. America qualifying. A change of coach, mm. and they've really they ended up finishing third in, yeah, in yeah. South America. They really came back uh, strongly. They've got the likes of Bentoncourt through that midfield. They've got a lot of legs. Yeah, we know Sorry, Suarez. Still not sure about that. Yeah, we know Suarez and um, and Cavani are coming to the end of their careers, but they can still provide a goal-scoring threat. So I think Uruguay, no one's going to want to come up against them, especially in a tournament such as the World Cup. We've seen them uh, have long runs before. Um, But this could potentially be a tricky group. Jono, do you still see the Portuguese getting through? And potentially, this is obviously Cristiano Ronaldo's last World Cup. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to have his heart and soul riding on this. Um, And I know his form has, let's say, changed as of recent. But uh, I would love to see him, I mean, at least get past the groups, if not make a little bit of a run, um, just so he can really go out on top. I mean, he's a player that, regardless of how he's playing right now, his career really deserves for him to go out on top. I think I agree. I think Portugal and Uruguay will go through, but not convinced Portugal will necessarily finish top. They could, mm. they could be a second seed, so they could be on a, a tough side of the draw when it goes through to the uh, final stages of the World Cup. Well, John, also, um, another... Big competition uh, this week in the Champions League quarterfinals. Um, we're down to the last eight. We'll start off with the with the first two, Benfica versus Liverpool, and then Manchester City versus Atletico Madrid. Um, obviously, one standout fixture there. But uh, Benfica, Liverpool, Jono, in Portugal first. Who, how do you see this one going in 
Uh, obviously, you see Liverpool probably being a little bit too strong for Benfica. Yeah, I mean, I still got to tip Liverpool pretty comfortably. Um, but I don't think it's going to be... The Benfica is still going to put up a bit of a fight, but realistically, Liverpool should should pretty much have this tie. If not, they should have it wrapped up pretty pretty um, pretty easy. Yeah, I can't see Benfica. It'd be a major upset if they got through Liverpool. The other one, Jono, um, is probably taking a little bit more interest now. Atletico Madrid have been on a recent good run of form, including obviously defeating uh, Manchester United in the last round. Going to be a key fixture this first one at the Etihad. Manchester will want a good result. Um, do you still see City being a little bit too strong for Madrid, or do you see this one being a, a quite a tight contest? No, I think this is going to be a tight one, and I actually would potentially say Atletico if they if they stay strong, they could they could nip a goal or two and, and possibly run away with something here uh, between the two legs. But I think it's going to be a tight, tight game. This is, I mean, this is out of the two especially. This is going to be the tightest game out of the bunch. And we know Simeone is going to make it. Yeah. Difficult. Him yeah. and Pep Guardiola have had battles before in Spain when Pep was uh, coach of Barcelona. Uh, so it should be a it should be a high quality, yeah. um, intense encounter there. So both of those fixtures will be Wednesday morning Australian time, and then we turn our attention to Thursday morning and probably the glamour tie of the quarterfinals: Chelsea versus Real Madrid. While Villarreal, who knocked out your Juventus, will take on Bayern Munich. But looking at the Chelsea Real Madrid one first, John, Chelsea. We'll need to bounce back from that disappointment over the weekend. While well, Real Madrid are coasting in Spain, even though they had that obviously that Clasico debacle um, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean this is the this is one of them that everybody wants to look out for. It, I would say it's pretty pretty even on paper right now in terms of overall form. Um, Real Madrid might be doing a little bit better, but you look at Chelsea as a squad um, might have a have a bit better players player for player, but. Um, yeah, this is um this is the matchup. I think it could really go either way. Um, it just depends on how Real Madrid are firing, and of course now Chelsea has a recent form as well. I mean, you don't know what Chelsea are going to be getting too. I think it's going to come down also to that midfield. Um, last time we saw Chelsea last year when they defeated Real Madrid in the semis, they overran them in the midfield. So seeing obviously we know the quality yeah. Modric and Cruz and Casemiro have, but do they have the legs to keep up with say Yakante's, um, Yakovicic is in that midfield? So I think that's going to be a key battle. Um, but I think it's going to be a tight contest. In the other one, Jono, as well as Villarreal have done under Emery, I just see Bayern Munich having a little bit too much quality in this tie. Yeah, I mean, Bayern have to be one of the heavy favourites for this overall. Um, they just have such depth of squad. And again, that they you know pretty are, are always pretty comfortable in Bundesliga, helps them in Champions League as well. Um, so I would, I would have to tip Bayern pretty easily on this. All right, let's get some score predictions for these first legs, Jono. Benfica, Liverpool, what do you think is going to happen in this first leg? 3-0. Uh, 3-0 Liverpool? Yep. Manchester City, Atletico Madrid? It's going to be an old stalemate there. What are nil, we thinking? Nil-all. Nil-nil. So we're going to go to, the, uh, we're going to, go to Spain uh, yep. with everything to play for. Chelsea versus Real Madrid? Ooh, tough one. Um, I'm going to say 2-1 Real Madrid. Whoa. A, maybe a little bit of an upset for some yeah. people, but yeah, two one Real Madrid and Villarreal versus Bayern at Munich. That's gonna be like three 0 or something. Three 0 Bayern Munich. Yeah. So big win for Liverpool and Munich. The other two are going to be tight going into they the are. second legs. Well, Jono, as always, we'll end on five quick questions. I've got you this week. Let's do it. Let's go. So obviously, we had a little bit of a look at the World Cup draw. Which seeded team will not make it out of the World Cup group stage? Which one, if if any? Which one do you think has got the highest chance of maybe not making it out? There always usually is one. Mm. Who do you think? I mean, I guess it would have to be Portugal. Um, yeah, just because their group. And then 
Maybe if I'm going to check another one, I'd say possibly Belgium's going to have a bit of a debacle. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That would be huge. So Portugal or Belgium, possibly yeah. an early exit. Will the LA Lakers make the play-in tournament? I can't believe we're saying this. Look, I'm going to say no. Oh, uh, he's gone. He's written him off. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say no because San Antonio have a pretty easy schedule moving forward. It's Like I said, it's in the other team's hands. And when, it's not, when it's not in your hands and you need other teams to lose... That's when you're in trouble, so I'm, I'm going to say no. What a massive disappointment yeah. that'll be. Uh, after, obviously, Everton's loss to West Ham 2-1, can you see Everton getting relegated? They've got a huge game against Burnley midweek. Will Everton be relegated, or do you still think they can survive? Oh, they, I mean, they're on the cusp there. <laughs> they're they the they are right on the cusp. Um, I'd say just because of overall quality of players in comparison to who is in that bottom three there, they, they should be able to survive just will. right there, but... Man, they are just just not in form right now, and it's really sad to see. I know you'd be still nervous as an Everton fan, yeah. though. Uh, with the Masters starting this week, will Tiger Woods play? There's huge rumors that he will. Yep, Do you yep. think he will be there at the Masters? Yeah, look, I mean, you, you've seen the rumors swirling about him. Um, I mean, you got to say he wants to, so he's going to put everything that he can to do it. Um, so I'm going to say yes, um, but I mean, it, this. We also need that closure of Tiger Woods as well, and I think we're coming to that point as well where he knows he, he just can't keep going. So maybe he has that little bit of an edge to go a couple more and then that closure point for all the fans. But um, I hope so. I really do. It'll still be an amazing scene yeah. to see him out there, especially yeah. after uh, coming back from that horrific car yeah, accident yeah. Um, last year. And the Australian Formula One Grand Prix on this weekend. Will Daniel Ricciardo get on the podium? Oof. Um, look, he, he needs this um, to jump up in the in the standings there in the driver's standings. Um, yeah, let, let's tip him. Yeah, let's he's, hope. yeah. Let, let's let's do it. Let's hope that he's going to get up there and then push his case a little he's bit. He's had a bit of a slow start to the year, yeah. but it'd be great for Australian Formula One yeah, fans to, to see Daniel kind of well. have a good run. Yeah. All right, John. Well, that brings to the end of another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb, and me, Jono. As always, thank you for your support and good night.